It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing good. We got a newsy night here. Yeah, a lot, a lot of news to break down tonight, so that's always exciting. Uh, so what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to talk about Titans hiring an offensive coordinator. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a big trade that was announced uh, kind of right as we were getting ready to jump on and record this show, and then we'll get a little bit into the Super Bowl at the end of the show. Before we do all that, we'll tell you that Terry and I write for MuthyMiracles.com, covering the Titans for SB Nation. So check that out. We're constantly updating that throughout the day. Um, so you can always check that out. Podcast Locked on Titans. Uh, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. You can also listen on Spotify. You can get your podcast. So uh, if you subscribe to that, you will get the new episodes as soon as they become available. So do that. It helps us out. And like I said, it'll, that will get the stuff to you as, as quickly as it, as it hits, the, hits the market, so to speak. Uh, also tonight, sponsored by MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. We'll talk a little bit more about them here in a little bit, but for all of your Super Bowl betting needs, you can check out that site, and like we said before, the best thing about that is you get paid quickly. You don't you don't get a runaround or whatever to get your payout, so check that out, MyBookie.ag, and like I said, we'll give you a little bit more information on them here in a few minutes. Okay, so obviously the big news of the day, for the Titans at least, was the Titans hiring an offensive coordinator, Matt LaFleur. Uh, so it was a name that was I had kind of given up on because, you know, he, he interviewed. He was the third interview that he did for the head coaching job. Um, and then, obviously, they hired Mike Vrabel. And then it was announced that he would, you know, stay in Los Angeles with the Rams to be their offensive coordinator. Now, we had talked a little bit about, you know, initially some people had said maybe we'll come on as O.C., uh, that was, I guess that was kind of a hot rumor in the beginning. It, it had died down a little bit. But, you know, the attraction here over the Rams is obviously the fact that he'll get to call the plays, and he'll be the guy designing the offense. Mike Vrabel is a first-year head coach. Mike Vrabel is a defensive guy. So you're going to you're gonna see a little floor with, you know, kind of having his his scheme, his, his play calls, his play designs, all that kind of stuff. He'll get to run his offense where, you know, as long as he was with the Rams working for McVay, he was always going to be running McVay stuff. Probably wasn't ever going to get the opportunity to call plays. So that's why it makes sense for him to make the move here. And if he wants to, you know, one day be a head coach, if he comes here, turns his offense around, ha- has a franchise quarterback already in place, then obviously that gets his his name on the radar more so even than it was th- this last time. Now, you know, it was interesting – Initially, the Titans interviewed him for the for the head coach position, being a guy that was a first year offensive coordinator that hadn't called plays before. But Terry, I'll let you give your theory, kind of that you've been saying since it was announced that Lafleur was going to interview here. Yeah, I just kind of kind of get the feeling that they knew Vrabel was their guy, and interviewing Lafleur for the head coaching position was was kind of odd to me. Uh, just a guy that, that had never called plays or anything like that. Uh, and they kept saying leader of men. Well, Vrabel fit that much better than than Lafleur did. So I kind of got the impression that they were interviewing Lafleur for this job from the start. Uh, and I've got no information on that. I'm, I'm purely guessing here. Uh, but it would make sense to me that Amy Adams, Amy Armstrong, and uh, John Robinson will want to meet with the guy that's going to be in charge of the offense. So. Um, obviously the wrinkle here is Ryan Day, and you know the more I think about that, the more I think his agent just kind of played the game really well 
and kind of parlayed that into a raise and a promotion for his client. So I'm um, not sure where he fits in there, there, and I'm not really sure why it took so long. Um, like Jimmy said, I, I had kind of written him off just because, well, you know, I thought we would hear it sooner if it was going to happen. So uh, interesting that it comes back up today. Um, interesting that they had already made some positional assistant hires, but I think you've got to be excited um, the guy turned around uh, that offense with Sean McVay um, and, and made them one of the best in the NFL. Uh, obviously played a hand in Jared Goff's development. Uh, every, everyone had written him off as a bust after his, his rookie season and came back uh, with a vengeance this year. Um, Todd Gurley came back heavy uh, this year and was one of the was a candidate for an MVP. Um, so you think about what Derek Henry could do down the road. You think about Marcus Mariota. The pieces are in place there. Now, uh, my initial impression was, or, or impression is the wrong word, my initial question was how much was that Rams turnaround because of him? How much of it was McVay? Uh, and and you, we're not going to know that until he truly gets out from under him. You know, He's never called the plays, but I think it's worth noting you know uh so what's your thoughts on that yeah it's absolutely a fair question to ask again if there's any i guess cause for concern here it is the fact that this guy has you know you 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 look at the quarterbacks he's worked with and the guys that have had really good seasons um you know with him as their quarterbacks coach you got a guy in matt ryan but that was with kyle shanahan you got um like you said, Jared Goff but with Sean McVay. So, I mean, there have been a lot of different places. I'm even going back to Notre Dame where he had Golston. You know, that's with Brian Kelly, an offensive guy. So, I mean, there's just – he's always had, I guess, the guy above him that is well-regarded, um, you know, in, in with especially with McVay and Shanahan. I mean, you're talking about two of the – brightest young offensive minds in the game so you know we don't know how much is him how much is those guys um that's something that we'll learn that's that's something that we'll see and so like i said if there's any i guess cause for concern here it would be that but you know greg cosell is a guy that we've talked about before nfl films uh is on the midday 180 every week and he just i mean over the moon praise about lafleur and about the way he coaches up quarterbacks and you know sean mcveigh even talked a little bit about LaFleur's LaFleur's role in developing Jared Goff and and, you know the big thing with with that Cosell talked about was watching Marcus Mariota this year there was a lot of stuff that that Cosell felt like could be cleaned up just by practice reps uh Mariota's fundamentals and that kind of stuff that he had you know gotten lax on as the season progressed this year and so just a few things that he could clean up and would really help, you know, his his accuracy and that kind of stuff. Um, and, and, again, Cosell just had so many good things to say about LaFleur from that standpoint. So, you know, if he can come in and coach up Marcus Mariota, get him fundamentally sound, I, I think we'll see leaps and bounds uh, of growth in his game this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it'll, just, it'll be interesting to see. We don't really know necessarily the, the scheme that he'll want to run. Uh, you know, and, and we hope that he'll come in and look at what he has, uh, and we'll get some input in. You know, players that they either sign a free agency or, or pull in the draft, um, and then once you know they have the roster here, that he'll develop his scheme to what best fits the personnel that they have, and that, that's the hope that we have. But yeah, I mean, so I, if there is any pause, it, it is that. But I mean, just to have a guy that has with with, with the list of coaches that he's worked with. 
it's so exciting and it's so much different than just I mean, just think about the difference in the excitement of this hire than when it was announced that Terry Rubisky was going to be our <laughs> offensive coordinator here. You know, and like I said, even with the questions that we have. There's just the, there was never a ceiling with Terry Rubisky, right? I mean, we never thought, man, this guy's got to come in. He's going to be innovative. He's going to do something new and fresh and whatever. We never thought that with Rubisky. That's the that's what we have in Lafleur. That's that's what we all think that we're going to see. So, you know, any questions that we have as far as you know how much is him, how much is another guy, all that's fine. But it's the the ceiling is so much higher than it was with Terry Rubisky. Yeah, and while we're on Rubisky. The main pushback I've seen on LaFleur is that he's going to leave next year for a head right. coaching yeah. job. Yeah, who cares? You know, if he leaves next year, that means the Titans had one hell of a season. Like, I don't understand that. That's a really stupid argument to me. Uh, he's an up and coming guy. He's, you know, he's got glowing reviews about him. If he comes in here and he turns the Titans' offense around. Uh, then that's going to set up a foundation for Mariota going forward. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have a, a guy that they can turn to next. He's part of it. And guys are successful. They they get a better job. So that can't be your thought process when you're hiring guys. Or else you're going to hire another Terry Rubisky. You know, Malarkey made the comment that none of his, his assistants wanted to be head coaches. Um, so that's not what I want. That's apparently what Mike Malarkey wanted. Uh, so I, I – you got to be excited. You know, this this was the name out there um, other than John DeFilippo, uh, but this was a sitting offensive coordinator. It's a big-time hire. It's a swing for the fences hire. Uh, I, really, I really think that he and Marcus Mariota are going to get it right, uh, and this offense is going to come back. Uh, and you're going to see Marcus Mariota from his rookie year, from year two. So I'm excited about that. Well, yeah, and just, you know, real quick on DeFlippo, I mean, he's a guy that we were excited about, a guy that we talked about, you know, the possibility of, but you, you have the same questions with him, right? He's never he's never been offensive coordinator. He's never called plays. I mean, so, it, you know, if we were sitting here talking about him, we'd have the same concerns. Uh, obviously, he can coach up quarterbacks. We, we know that. But, you know, he, he has the same question marks that you have with, with LaFleur. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think when you if you look at the landscape of the guys that were available to Mike Vrabel, he couldn't have done any better than LaFleur. I mean, again, you know, some people might have preferred DeFilippo, but we, we would have these same concerns with him. So, I, I you know, w- when you walk away with Dean Pease, a guy that is an established defensive coordinator that has had some really great defenses, um, you know, I, I know the Ravens defense had their issues at the end of the year. They also lost Jimmy Smith late in the season. They were a much different defense after that. Um, you know, but he's a guy that has has – you know, been the architect of some really, really good defenses, and a guy that's been in the league for a long time will be uh, just an invaluable resource to Mike Vrabel as a head coach. Because if you look at that, when you look at Lafleur, like we said, a guy who has been a coordinator before, um, who has worked for some of the best offensive minds in the game, he Vrabel ended up really good. He ended up in a really good place, and you know, we know that initially there was the excitement around Ryan Day, like you talked about, and then Betchard. You know the, the the defensive coordinator in, in the Cardinals, and we don't even really know how much there was to that. But you know, so if they would have hired if, if a week ago they would have hired Day and Betchard versus sitting here today with Lafleur and, and Pease, I mean, I think that it's about the same to me. I mean, I, I think I, I've got a little bit more confidence in Lafleur than I would have in Day, just because of the concerns of you know a guy that hadn't really been in the, in the NFL with Day, a little full of floor has been there. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I'm not really sure how much better 
he could have done with coordinators. And there was a lot of panic, you know, around this when, when it when it was taking longer than people wanted it to. And I mean, we even talked about having a little bit of concern. But now, as we sit here a week later, uh, I mean, you you have to be thrilled with the guys that that he ended up coming away with. Yeah, I think I said it last week. We're going to look back on the situation in a couple of weeks and laugh at at the panic that was seen, you know, around Nashville, around this whole hiring process. And I think we can do that now. So uh, you look at Lafleur. I, I mean, that's the number one offensive coordinator target uh, since Vrabel was hired. That was the first name that that we saw people throw out. Uh, maybe Betcher was their first target at defensive coordinator. That's okay. Uh, you move on to to Dean Pease, who's been around the block and is going to be a, a thing of stability around this franchise. So, yeah, I don't know how uh, Vrabel could have done any better. Uh, the, the Ryan Day thing is is murky. Uh, we don't really know what was going on there. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how you're anything but happy right now if you're a Titans fan. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, one more uh, coaching staff note. Uh, it was announced tonight that Terrell Williams, Terrell Williams, however you say his name, uh, will be the defensive line coach, a guy that has bounced around. Uh, most recently, he was with the Raiders from 2012 to 2014 and the Dolphins from 2015 until uh, he was fired at the end of the season. So uh, he's going to be the D-line coach here, apparently. Don't know much else about him other than he spent a bunch of years as a college defensive line coach and then, like I said, has been in the NFL since 2012. So the, the staff's starting to fill out. Um, we were talking before we jumped on. The, the holes that are, you know, the guys they still don't have. We don't have a running backs coach. Don't have an offensive line coach. Um, they they hired an, an outside linebackers coach, right? But I think we still need a defensive line coach, an inside linebackers coach, if that's how they're going to break it down. And then, you know, with Kerry Coombs, what he's going to, he's going to be a defensive backs coach. I don't know if they're going to hire a safeties coach and a cornerbacks coach or just an assistant for Coombs, you know, and he'll be the, the defensive backs coach. And they still don't have any special teams coaches. So um, we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on that stuff as it as it breaks, and, and you know, I would I would imagine in the next week or so they'll end up filling all that out if they want to talk to any, any guys that are on these current staffs um, with, with the Eagles or the Patriots might be able to do that, but I don't know if any of those guys w- are going to be moving. But so you know within I would say within a week or so we'll have a, we'll have a full coaching staff here, and um, you know and so then they'll be ready to move forward and be ready to you know evaluate what they have on the roster right now start to look at free agents and then guys in the draft so um obviously we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that a, as it goes along all right so like i said we got a big trade to talk about and the super bowl but before we do that we're going to talk about my bookie the big game is here and the best place to bet on it is going to be mybookie.ag. You know, prop bets are all the rage around the Super Bowl. You can win everything from the coin toss to the how long it's going to take the national anthem to be sung. I mean, there's just a million different things. Who's, who's going to score the first touchdown? Who's going to score right before the half? I mean, any, anything that you can imagine, uh, you can you can bet on that. And mybookie.ag has all those prop bets that you can do. Um, we talked we talked before about it. Uh, mobile site is, is the best one out there. Um, you can just log into that on your phone. You don't have to download an app or anything like that. It's easy to use. Um, when you win, you get paid. With a lot of betting sites, it takes forever for them to pay you out. You got you got to go through a runaround, jump through a bunch of hoops to to get your money. You don't have to do that with mybookie.ag. I mean, their slogan is "You play, you win, you get paid," and they really are that fast. All right, so what can you do? You can sign up at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Locked On, and you will be eligible to. 
get a 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit $100, they're going to put 50 they're going to put $150, you know, 50 extra dollars in your account that you can use to bet on. So again, use the promo code locked on, you'll have that money. You can throw it all down the Super Bowl if you want to. You win, you get paid quickly. So that's the thing. So check it out, mybookie.ag, play, win and get paid. All right. So like I said, we've got a trade to talk about in the NFL and then we've got some just some of our initial thoughts on the Super Bowl coming up. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's go throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so like I said, right before we came on tonight, it was announced that the Chiefs are trading Alex Smith to the Redskins. So that is a really huge deal on a couple of fronts. One, it means, you know, Pat Mahomes is going to be your starting quarterback for the Chiefs next year. Um, You know, and he had, obviously, uh, it looked really good in the preseason Looked good in Week 17 for the Chiefs, um, so you know you, you kind of knew that something was was coming there. Uh, Surprised to see it announced as early, but also what that means is that Kirk Cousins is going to be a free agent. Uh, the the Redskins have obviously decided to move forward with Alex Smith. That'll make Kirk Cousins hit the market, and dude is is about to get paid because there are you know four, five, six. I mean, I don't know exactly how many teams though that need a quarterback, and so he's going to have a lot of opportunity. Um, and, and guys, we're, we're talking. You know, if you've been a Titans fan for very long, you remember the the great Peyton Manning chase of a few years back, and you know the free agency tour that he went on. And, and, and I mean, Kirk Cousins is obviously not on Peyton Manning's level, but you know he's a guy that is obviously a very solid quarterback. And again, in a league where a lot of teams are still searching for their guy, so I don't think there's any doubt that before you know the, this free agency period ends, that Kirk Cousins is probably going to be the highest-paid NFL player. And how crazy is that? It's crazy. So you were talking about Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr being the two highest-paid players in the league. Uh, so yeah, it's a salary dump for the Chiefs, but more importantly, they're you know going to start the Mahomes era so uh we know what Alex Smith is you know how many playoff games have they lost um they're not going anywhere with him it was time to move on so uh from a Washington standpoint I don't I don't like this move at all I know they had to do something there but I guess I'd rather draft a guy uh with the 13th overall pick so and we don't know what they gave up either uh and it looks like they've already signed him to a new four-year deal uh, so that's interesting. But, Cousins, the obvious question here is Jacksonville. I think that would be the nightmare for Titans fans. And, you know, we were talking right when it went down, does Jacksonville have the money to do that? I don't know that they do. Uh, you know, they've paid all those defensive free agents so much money. Uh, they've got to be in cap hell at some point. Um, so, you know, you've seen Denver thrown out. You've seen the Browns thrown out. So, 
yeah, this is going to be uh, the biggest free agent chase we've seen probably since that, that Peyton Manning deal. Um, quarterbacks of, you know, even you know top 50 quarterbacks, they don't really hit the market. Uh, you just don't see this very much. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be – that. there's your there's your NFL offseason storyline already. Yeah, Jacksonville, if you look at overthecap.com, this says they have $16 million in cap space. I don't see how that can be true. But, you know, picking up Blake Bortles' option, I mean, they, they're going to have to pay him $19 million next year. So that's, you know, I mean, they, they've got a couple of, I mean, a couple of those young players like Jalen Ramsey, you know, still under his rookie deal and, and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I, I can't see any scenario where they can they can pony up and pay Cousins, so hopefully not because if, if that team gets a quarterback, I mean, they're, hate to say it, but they're going to be, you know, the, the, a pretty heavy favorite to win this division again next year. But I don't, I don't I just don't think they can do that. I, I think they would be more likely to go like an Eli Manning route, a guy that's not going to cost nearly as much money. But, yeah, I mean, it'll be something to keep an eye on. And like you said, it's just crazy, you know, that the, the top two paid quarterbacks coming into 2018 are going to be Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins. I mean, two, you know, solid quarterbacks, but not by any means the best two quarterbacks in the league. But, you know, just a, a product of when when you become available, when your contract's up and, and teams are willing to pay, you know, to overpay even to get a guy that's a quality starter. So anyway, that'll be something that we'll keep an eye on. And again, just kind of keeping our fingers crossed that he doesn't end up in Jacksonville. All right, so obviously the Super Bowl is coming up on Sunday. And it's a really interesting game. you got the Eagles who are playing with their second-string quarterback who, I mean, I I would have picked against them in the last two rounds. I thought the Falcons were going to go in there and beat them. I thought for sure the Vikings were going to go in there and beat them. And they just somehow keep getting it done. That defense under Jim Schwartz is just playing lights out, um, you know, and, and they've been able to carry this offense. And Nick Foles has played well enough. I mean, Nick Foles is, is a guy that is a really, really good backup. I mean, he's got to be one of the best backups in the league. Um, and, you know, this just shows the importance, right, of, of having that guy on your roster. They can come in and at least, you know, hold your team, kind of tread water. Uh, like he has, and you know, obviously, what the Titans didn't have this year in Matt Castle, we saw what what how much of a disaster that was when he played against the Dolphins. But as far as the as far as the Super Bowl is concerned, the Eagles are what a, a four point underdog in this game, and they've been an underdog. I mean, that's been the big thing. They've been wearing the dog masks uh, in Philadelphia because they've been underdog in the, la- the last two weeks. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I would I would have to lean Patriots here just because I think that supposedly Gronkowski is close to clearing the concussion protocol so it sounds like he'll be able to play on Sunday that's obviously a, a big thing for them but you know you you got to like the odds with Tom Brady with Bill Belichick going up against a team that is down to the second string quarterback Patriots defense has been a lot better of late than they were especially earlier in the year um, and just with their experience and in, in all that of, of playing in the Super Bowl you, you got to lean that way but I, I mean I don't know man that the, the Jim Schwartz has that defense playing light out, and if they can limit the the Patriots' offense, can Nick Foles do enough that they can win this game? I mean, I, I, th- I think, I, like I said, I think I'd pick the Patriots, but maybe not as easy as I kind of initially thought. Yeah, the key Foles pretty clearly. What Foles are you going to get? Uh, you know, you kind of saw him lay down in Week 17 against the Cowboys, but he's been pretty good in the playoffs so far, uh, especially against the Vikings. So. Uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, when the line came out, I wanted to hop on the Patriots, but then I just you know, Eagles are just finding ways to to win and hang around. So um, I don't know that I could take New England 
uh, at, at four and a half point favorites. I think I'd take the Eagles there. I I just think Patriots are going to find a way to win this game, right? I mean, for the Patriots to lose to Nick Foles, uh, I just can't see that happening. But that being said, I think this defense does enough to keep them in it. Uh, I think it's a ball game late, and I I, I really like Philadelphia uh, plus four and a half. What do you think? Who covers? Yeah, I, I think I'd take the Patriots. I, again, I just I, I think they're going to be able to do enough to limit that offense with with the Eagles' offense, and then you know Tom Brady's just so good, and they're just able to find. They're, they're able to find those holes. And, and, look, you can't run against the Eagles. You haven't been able to run against the Eagles all year. But those outside corners are exploitable. Um, and, and I just think – I think they're going to take a bunch of shots in this game. I, I think you can see Brandon Cooks have a pretty big game here because um, it, it's kind of a mismatch for him on the outside. So I, I think the Patriots probably end up winning by – I'll say 10, I, I don't, I, 24, 14, something like that. Um, I, I just think that in the end, it, it, the Patriots are just going to be too much for them. Yeah, I, like I said, I think they're going to win. I just, I, I've I've bet against the Eagles twice now, and it's come back to bite me. So, um, you know, you never bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs, especially in a Super Bowl. So, I don't know. It, it's a really tough call. I, I don't love anything right now, but you know, if pressed, I'd probably go Eagles. Yeah, and this line opened at at six, and it's already down to to four and a half. So keep that in mind. Yeah, so there you go. There, there, obviously, there's been some some movement toward the Eagles there, and like you said, uh, you know everybody has been picking against them the last two weeks, and they they've kind of embraced that whole underdog thing um, a- after being the number one seed and all that. So I, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch, and uh, you know it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with these two teams after this game. You know how much of the Eagles coaching staff comes back if Filippo Well, I mean we assume he's probably going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere. Um, you know, and obviously the Patriots are, are losing both of their coordinators. Josh McDaniels going to the Colts, Matt Patricia going to the Lions. So they're going to look a lot different next year. You know, how much longer, how much more does Tom Brady have left? Um, you know, how much longer is Bill Belichick going to coach? I mean, all these questions that are, are kind of swirling around this game make it just a really, there, there's a lot of compelling storylines that go along this one. So it'll be fun to watch. And obviously, you know, it's the last, the last football for a really long time. So that, that's obviously sad, but hopefully, um, you know, hopefully it's a good game. That, that's really all I care about at this point is, is seeing a good game. I, I would probably want the Eagles to win. I like Jim Schwartz. I hate the Patriots. So, you know, I, I kind of lean that way. But more than anything, I'll just be rooting for, for a good game. Yeah, and just to kind of tie up our, our trade talks, Schefter's reporting that Washington is giving up a second-round pick for Alex Smith, and it could be more. So uh, they've still got that, that first-round pick pick intact uh and kansas city will not have that first round pick because they gave it up for Mahomes last year and in the draft so uh really interesting deal I, I think uh i think kansas city got the better end of the deal because they had to get out of alex smith's contract uh with Mahomes waiting so uh i i really like what the chiefs did here yeah absolutely and like you said you pick up a pick there um, that'll help them out, and they didn't really have a choice there. So, I mean, I think it's, it's a pretty good deal for both teams. Not really sure, and this will be obviously something that will be debated throughout the offseason, what's the difference between Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins. And when, when you take in the salary difference, um, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. But, you know, those guys are both, to me, just kind of middle-of-the-road quarterbacks, better than, you know, what a lot of teams have, but not guys that you really necessarily build your franchise around. So, anyway, all right, so that'll do it for us in this episode. Um, again, we will 
kind of continue to keep tabs on the Titans coaching staff. Uh, but, you know, obviously now that they have LaFleur in place as the offensive coordinator, P's in place as the defensive coordinator, the biggest pieces are are there. So they'll kind of fill it out from there. And then, you know, we won't hear much of anything for the next little bit as they start to, you know, like I said, scout what they have on this team, evaluate all that, and then start to move into free agency in the draft. So we'll be here for that. Um, obviously, we'll still be here at least three times a week breaking all that stuff down. Again, you can check out the site, MusicMiracles.com. We'll have you know, four, five, six posts every day uh, with, with something with news as it comes out. So check that out. Um, we'll be there. Again, subscribe to the podcast, Locked on Titans, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry is at TLambertFB. Uh, so like I said, check that out, and we will be back with a brand-new episode first thing Monday morning. So for Terry, this is Jimmy. Same thing with Locked on Titans, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.